uh, no further update uh, on Justin since Monday. You know, continues to work with the trainers. Uh, he's doing everything he can to progress, um, you know, and, and it is progressing. Uh, remains week to week. Um, opening return to practice window is uh, Braxton and uh, Kareem today. And again, we'll see how it goes. We're just, you know, they're open for practice. We'll see how they go as, as it goes this week and and beyond that. And then uh, 23 uh, Johnson uh, not clear yet for. Uh, protocol, but he's back to practice today, and and then we'll know more more after today. Uh, the full injury report is uh, is after practice today as well. So, um, you know, big challenge ahead of us this week. You know, playing the Chargers, um, obviously a, a lot of skill, a lot of talent on their roster uh, defensively. You know, the two rushers um, they have um, is, is you know obviously we're gonna have to set our our offense up appropriately for that. Um, they're strong in the middle um, in terms of their tackles as well as their inside backers. Um, you know, the uh, really good on the perimeter in terms of the corners, you know, a lot of uh, experience there, you know, and they got obviously one of the best safeties in ball. So it's uh, going to be a, a big set of, uh, you know, challenges for our offense to be able to, to uh, set up against these guys. And then, uh, you know, defensively, obviously, you know, quarterback, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the league uh, we're going against this week, um, you know, really good runners, you know, strong runners, uh, two different types of runners there, but uh Again, tight end level, really solid at the tight end level. And then obviously one of the best receivers in the league we face again this week. Um, and it's a good receiving core as well. You know, so those guys work well together. You guys saw the game against Kansas City. They were in it the whole way. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a heck of a battle. Uh, but we got a, a bunch of challenges ahead of us this week and uh, working into the first and second down uh, today and getting our plan in. Had our meetings already, had our some of our walkthroughs and uh, walked through practice. But uh uh, with that, open up the questions. The defense has been on a, a pretty steady climb throughout the month. What's your sense for what the, the catalysts are for, for the, the production you guys have had? I would just say, you know, it's really teamwork, you know, really is. And, you know, working together, you know, having that continuity, I believe getting the secondary pieces back really helps us, um, you know, in terms of cover, coverage variation, matchups, uh, being able to uh, to process through that, as you know, you know coaches and players. Um, so we're just working through that, and we're again we're working through that this week. With uh, Roshan, what goes into him? What can he do today, and what can't he do? Yeah, he'll work through today, the and then he's just got to. It's just one more hurdle, you know. It's just one more hurdle. They, you know, uh, during the concussion protocol, they have these levels with good reason, and then he's just got to go one more hurdle today. There were some plays on Sunday where Darnell right looked like he couldn't, you was hesitant or couldn't use his left arm. Um, obviously, you guys knew about the shoulder injury, but did you know he was going to have to kind of gut through it to that extent, or was it something that got worse as the game went on? Yeah, he just worked through it. You know, I commend him. You know, for doing that. You know, he's uh, you know, was in some pain there and, and worked through it during the, the course of the day, and and again he he pushed through it. And, uh, you know, I know it didn't look uh, for him as well as he wanted it to at times. But, uh, again, he's working through that this week, and we'll see where he is. But I, I just commend him for gutting it through, you know, being a young guy like that, going against the pass rusher he was going against. So uh, my hat's off to him. When you went back through the, the two-minute drive just before halftime, any self-assessment <coughs> reflection on that entire sequence in terms of strategy and clock management and things like that? Yeah, you know, you look at that, and really there was two plays that stood out with, with what happened. You know, you get you get the uh, holding penalty, right, and then you get the sack. You know, so you get two negatives there. Um, and even with that, we still had 19 seconds. We still had some timeouts left. So we had still had plenty of time uh, to get the ball 12 yards, I believe it was. Um, so we were still okay um, in there. And, again, the one play that happened, you know, where, where that clock was going and 
you know, the one that everybody talks about. Well, the operation's got to be faster there. You know, we got to get that thing down, get the play, play call and go because it started at like 52 seconds, I believe, something like that, 53. So we were that was out of our zone, just barely out of our zone. So, um, yeah, I like the operation. I like the, the way we did it, the way we managed it, but it's got to be operated a little bit quicker. In that sequence that you mentioned, when you notice that it's not humming and you've got those uh, timeouts in your pocket, why not? hit one there when, when you've got yeah i mean because you're you're looking at it and you're saying no is that are they going to get it called faster and you know certainly you could have done that but uh, again we just got to operate quicker man uh, uh justin herbert is I know, potentially one of the elite quarterbacks in the league in the first three games he was great last three kind of average below average what have opponents done to kind of contain him <clears throat> these last three games and what how how is your defense set up to maybe replicate whatever teams are doing yeah i mean he's played some good defenses right kc defense is one of the tops in the league and you know obviously spags is a really good coordinator does a really good job um you know so that's you know with that and he's played some good ones too before that but i really believe that it's just about you know those guys working working through it you know i really believe that uh, sometimes you know you adjust and adapt a little bit um, during the course of the game, and I think those defenses did a good job of that. I'm sure their offense is going to adjust to it as well. You guys did a good job of giving Tyson short throws uh, and, and quick decisions for him to make. Can you win consistently without stretching the field deeper? Yeah, we're always going to look to stretch vertically and horizontally in the passing game. You know, that's always something that we look at, and really you look at the defense that you're playing. You know, so if they give you those opportunities, you know, vertically, you're going to take those. If it's in the side pockets, in the scene, in the deep part of the, you know, of the field, or it might be intermediate routes too. So, um, you know, you, you really are looking at those pockets all the time in the, in the space which the defense gives you, and you attack those spaces. Now that there's film of him, do you expect the next team you face and then the team after that to maybe not give him what the Raiders were giving him? I mean, yeah, it's the NFL, right? That's what we do. You know, we offensively and defensively we attack what we see, you know, so we got to do a good job of, you know, having some multiplicity there, um, you know, changing our looks, you know, changing what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And that's the NFL. You got to do that week to week for sure. Have you noticed any? To see if he's going to be ready. What, what are you going to be looking at in practice? Just functionality. You know, um, you know, is he is he functional in terms of his movements, you know, and, and what he's done in terms of his and then conditioning. That would be the second thing. And uh, just with him working through it. And when he feels like he's ready and then the trainers say that he's good to go and we look at it as coaches, we'll, we'll give him the green light. But, uh, again, I don't know when that's going to be. He's got 21 days to figure that out. And hopefully it's sooner than later. Have you noticed any difference in Tyson as he prepares for another game, knowing what he did on Sunday and seeing the film and kind of just saying, okay, I, I knew I could do it. I showed I could do it. And there's like a different energy around him or anything like that? I have not. Uh, he's been the same guy. He's the same guy as he was last week, and uh, he's prepared. He's focused. He's uh, got that determined look in his eye, and uh, he's just trying to learn the, you know, uh, the first and second down today, and going through the the passes and the different types of passes and the runs, and making sure that he operates well. What do you appreciate about Cleo Mack and what he's been able to do this season? Yeah, just uh, he's a pro's pro, just from the what I hear about him, and uh, you know, from him being in the building, and then. You know, I got a chance to meet him when he was first here, you know, for just a brief stint and uh, just admired him over the years. You know, his ability to be a consistent pro and produce every single, you know, every year that he's been healthy and he was he was out there. And uh, he's uh, he's a he's a handful. Matt, with, with Khalil Mack, uh, you guys going to face this here. Can you can you take what you did against Crosby last week and apply it to this game plan? Or is it different because Joey Bosa is also on the other side? It's different. You know, there's a d different structure. 
a little bit this week. Um, you know, sometimes it's the same song, but it's a different structure. So you got to handle it a little bit differently. Um, you know, they do have a couple guys, you know, they got on the other side, which, you know, obviously creates some situations. They pressure a little bit more. You know, so we got to be ready for those types of things. But, uh, yeah, it's a little bit different. Matt, are you expecting uh, Eddie to try to practice today? Yeah, we'll see where he is. You know, he's going to go through and uh, we'll see where he is today. Um, you know, he's going to do be in a limited fashion today. We'll see where it goes. And hopefully he's uh, starting to improve um, that foot. Well, what have you uh, seen from Elijah over his obviously extended period of time in that role? Yeah, he's done well. He's done well. He's uh, functioned well in there. Um, he's played that position, you know, so, you know, Brisk, you know, plays the other spot and coming down and doing the things he does. But uh, he's been good in the back part of the field. Um, and he's communicated well, you know, with Brisker. And, you know, now that we got the other guys back, he's done a, he's done a good job with that. Um, yeah, he's, and he made some plays. You know, he's made some plays. I think he's gotten better every single week. You know, if you go, go back to the Tampa game, you know, I think he was pretty good there. And I think he's uh, gotten better every single week. And uh, Tyson, the, the completion he had to Mercedes, uh, if you remember that one, I, I'm curious uh, your reaction to just how well it was set up and, and what he executed and what the whole group executed well on the fake. Yeah, the play fake was good, right? You know, he uh, did a nice job of, you know, you know, showing the hand and then tucking the ball in the hip, which was really good. Um, you know, and then given the, you know, the eye candy with him, like, you know, really exaggerating the fake. And he came out of there nice. Uh, you know, he could have paused maybe another second. And once he gets comfortable doing that, uh, but he came out there with some speed, which is what you need to do. And then he delivered the ball on time. So it was a really good run by Mercedes and uh, getting it down there close to the end zone. Matt, that, that, that Mac and I guess Bosa, for that matter, know that they've seen on film that Wright is playing with a bum shoulder or a bum arm, whatever. Does, does that make the decision on Wright this week a little trickier, knowing that the deep, your defenders know they have a weakness they can attack? Yeah, I mean, we're always looking, you know, uh, on either side of the ball for weaknesses. And, you know, it'll, be, it'll come down to his functionality in practice. You know, we'll see where he is and uh, if he can function well and, you know, do a good job with his strength and protecting himself and play at a high level, uh, he'll be in there. Matt, against the Raiders, we saw a little bit more pitches in the backfield. Is there a reason for that? Does that allow you to do something um, different offensively when you kind of use the pitch to hand the ball off? Yeah, uh, you, you know, you can do, you know, pitches, you know, when he's behind you, you know, at the same side. You know, it's really just attacking the perimeter. You know, and that's just a different way to do that. You can do it with jet sweeps, tosses. You can do it with reverses. You can do it a bunch of different ways. And really just attacking the whole, width, the whole width of the field, you know, so you want to do that in the run game as well. I think when you're able to hit it up, you know, you know, run the game, run game inside and also have the compliment to go outside. I think that makes the multiplicity of it and harder to defend. Has Foreman done enough the last two weeks to stay your number one running back when Roshan comes back? Yeah, I think he's done well um, the last couple of weeks. Obviously, last week was was a really good performance, uh, historical for the Bears. Uh, but again, it's it's a week to week and we're just going to see how he practices. We'll evaluate the group um, as we go um, during the course of this week. Matt, with the, the trade deadline a week away, uh, Ryan was very active last year. What's sort of the process over this next week between you and him, whether that's adding, subtracting, whatever? Yeah, just looking, just looking, communicating. You know, he'll have me look at different players, and then we'll go from there, and then we'll just see where that where it is if we have a viable option. So we, we do that. Uh, that was head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. Welcome into the Chicago Bears podcast live with Pat the Designer and Jason McKee, former Chicago Bears fullback and ESPN sideline reporter. Appreciate you guys for tuning in, man. Call into the show, 312-332-3776. 
Listen, J-Mac, uh, it seems that multiplicity is uh, Matt Eberflus's favorite word. That's his word of the day. He's got the little calendar going there, and uh, he's really uh, vibing with that. What would you hear there that uh, perked your ears up from Flus today? I mean, just a lot of in- the injury report. It's good to see that Roshan Johnson is one step closer to being back on the football field. And, you know, I think with what uh, Deontay Foreman and Darrington Evans has, has done the past few weeks has been great. But adding a dynamic back to that trio and Roshan would even elevate that running running game even more. So excited to have him back. Uh, a little worried about Darnell Wright. Mm. You know I, mean? I mean that 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 injury is something to keep an eye on. Um, I think the Bears did a good job last week of really nullifying Max Crosby. I know he got one sack, but I like the plan they had in place in terms of protection. Right, and what I mean by plan, I mean you know, keeping Cole Komet or Robert Tanyan in on that side, you yeah. know, wherever, wherever Max Crosby was, chipping him before they went out in routes, but also using running backs to do the same thing, but also in, you know, obvious passing situations where I even seen him a couple times, you know, go a tight bunch where they had a bunch formation, they squeezed it down uh, towards Crosby's side and even chipped with Tyler Scott as he released for his route. So I think the protection plan w- was great. And it should have been because we learned <laughs> we learned we they should have learned from their mistakes the previous week. So uh, obviously, like you said, you know, this is a process. The NFL every week it's going to be a different team. Uh, teams are going to try to do different things. But you know, just Chargers defense. Uh, yes, they give up a lot of yards in the passing game and total yards overall. And they're you know, one of the bottom defenses in this league. But at the same time, you still got two dynamic pass rushers. Yep. You know, Bosa and Khalil Mack. I mean, Khalil Mack has seven sacks. So he's a marked man. But. This week, you can't just mark one side. You got to mark the other side with Bosa on the other side. So, and then you talk, he, he talked about, uh, you know, the safety, Derwin James. I mean, he's a, he's a great player. I mean, he's a safety that you can do a lot of different things with, right? You can play him in the box, but he's also great in coverage. So, he, he's, he's what would you call, he's a, he's a piece. He's a chess piece yeah. uh, that, you know, their defense has where they can use him in a variety of ways. So, he's also a marked man that you got to, you know, have on your mind each and every play, pre-snap read. You got to know where he's at on the field. Yeah, no, 100%. I think uh, we saw something this week that was exciting from the Chicago Bears as far as the offensive line went. Felt like you had a really good combination. You had it at your right tackle. I mean, you're sitting there uh, going from right tackle pretty much to center. You felt pretty confident in what you had out there, and especially the fact that your center was able to snap the football straight back. Uh, but uh, even seeing Cody Whitehair still be able to be utilized out there at the left guard position and getting the news today that Braxton Jones uh, will return to practice today and that, you know, he's starting to open up his window for him to get back. You're starting to see this offensive line get healthy at the right time of the season for you. And on top of that, at the right time where it feels like you have your best blocking scheme that we've seen. I've never seen anybody just completely shut Max Crosby out as far as pressures and things like that go. It really felt like the combination that the offensive line had as far and, and uh, uh, um, the uh, quarterback play in there. You got to give credit to Tyson Bajan being able to kind of move in the pocket and be able to vacate his space when he needed to and to to get uh, to extend plays. I really liked what we saw from uh, from that offensive line play, and it's good to hear that they're starting to get healthy now. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, when you when you have right the the mix in offensive lines, right, the shuffling that we held we, we've had all year, uh, you know, white hair at center and then white hair at left guard, now Tevin Jenkins in right guard. It's tough. I mean, it's tough yeah. for those guys. And it's about 
on the offensive line, it's about communication and continuity, right? And you got to understand and have a relationship with the guy you're playing next to because these defensive lines, these defensive fronts, they're going to bring a lot of things, right? They're going to align all kinds of – they're going to align all different ways, give you exotic looks, and they're going to a lot of stunts, you know, ETs and TTs in which the two tackles are twisting in the middle, ETs in which the end is coming first, that tackle's looping around, and you got to be on the same page, and you got to be on the same page in terms of knowing when to pass it off or knowing when to stay on your man. And if you're not on the same page and if you're not used to that guy next to you, then you're going to get all types of pressure and you're going to be all out of whack. And then on top of that, you know, you talked about the snaps. Like, the snaps was huge this week. I mean, yeah. the play starts with the snap. But if that ball, if that snap is high or it's off, it's going to disrupt the timing and the rhythm in the passing game. And that's the thing that we saw this week. We saw – I mean, last week, I'm sorry. We saw rhythm – in timing in the passing game, and Tyson Bajan is a rhythmic passer, which means, like I've been saying all along, if it's a three-step drop, that ball's coming out on his third step. If it's a deeper drop, five-step drop, that ball's coming out on his fifth step. He's a, he's a decisive decision maker, and when he delivers that ball, he delivers it with conviction. But what I was really impressed with was the accuracy and the location. He put, he put some of these footballs in. I mean, there was one he, he threw to Mooney over the middle where he threw it low and away, away from the defender, where only Darnell Moody can make that catch. There was another play in which he scrambled out. It was third and five. He scrambled out to his right, and he and he delivered a ball on the run on the sideline, low and away to where DJ Moore can make that catch, but also convert on first down. So when you have a quarterback that's a quarterback that's in rhythm, right? His timing's not being disrupted. He can be effective. And I thought it was a great game plan, uh, you know, last week. But this week is a whole different ball game because yeah. you have a Chargers team that does give up a lot of yards in the passing game. And I think eventually you're going to have to take the string off Tyson Bajan and let him throw that ball downfield. No, 100%. That's that's the part I think that is the most concerning with a lot of fans, right? And I think when people hear us say, right, throw the football downfield, I think we mean like DJ route, DJ Moore on a go route, dropping back. You got to let that thing fly 40 yards. That's not what I'm looking to see here. But they're going to take away a lot of the intermediate stuff, a lot of the short stuff. One, you have to be able to create time with Khalil Mack and Nick Bosa on the other side of you. That's not an easy thing to do. You have to be able to create that time for your quarterback to be able to get the football out, which I do like the 12 personnel that we've seen on tape the last couple of weeks. I, even a little bit of 13, not too much 13 personnel, but seeing that 12 personnel out there, right? Seeing Mercedes Lewis to help Darnell Wright, who clearly had issues with the shoulder. I'll even give credit to Cole Komet, which is something I don't do blocking-wise much when you're really being 100% honest about it, like... He actually had a good day blocking for Tyson Bajan out there, and he he didn't have a ton of catches yesterday, but I thought he did a really good job keeping his hands up and being able to attack uh, in the blocking scheme. I think if Roshan Johnson is able to come back, remember, he's not fully cleared yet. That adds to that blocking. I think that we'll see him out there. He is an excellent blocker, which is why he's doing so well on, on all the phases of special teams that he's on as well, right? Like, those are the things paired with, okay, now can Tyson Bajor deliver a 15-yard pass down the field accurately? There's so much up front that has to happen for the Bears to have success throwing a deep ball because I do think that even though this defense of the Chargers, I mean, it's not, it, it, it's so spotty. Like, you have elite pass rushers, but outside of that, it's so spotty. I still think that they'll do a lot to take away those short passes and say, all right, Rook, we saw you do this last week. We're going to take this away. You beat us down there. Hats off to you. Yeah, but it's a defense that gives up a lot of explosive plays. And last week against Kansas City, I mean, they gave up a lot of explosive plays. And obviously, when you're playing the Chiefs teams, there's got to go like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey 
are you going to give a big play? But they've been doing it all year. They've been solid and they give them explosive play. So that's something that as a Bears offense, we haven't been able to generate consistently is being able to generate explosive play. So that's something to, you know, to see, like I said before, are they going to actually take the reins off Tyson Bajan and let him push that ball downfield? And I'm not a numbers guy, but I'd be interested to know, you know, what was what was the average in terms of his passing? Like how how you know how deep was was he throwing the ball last week? And I don't think it was that far. It's probably under 10 yards if we could find that stat. So I'm interested to see are they going to allow Tyson Bajan to try to take the top off a of defense as giving up explosive plays, but is also one of the bottom teams in the league in terms of uh, defending the pass. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think his longest pass, yes, and I'm trying to see if I can pull it up here. I think his longest pass, uh, here's this passing chart here. Let's see if I can drop this in here real quick. I mean, you're not sitting here talking about him, you know, slinging it downfield, but I also, I can't say that he can't do it because they didn't ask him to do it, right? Like, there, the game plan for Bajit, was for him to, you know, get the ball out quickly, get the ball to the man that was right there. Here's the chart right here. I mean, these are your next-gen stats from the NFL here. I mean, 21 for 29, 162 yards. Nothing crazy to sit here and talk about, but, you know, he was efficient. 100%. Maybe, let's see, one, two passes, three passes past 10 yards on the whole day, but efficient. And you know what? If I've got a young man back there, especially as a backup quarterback, who this is his first, I mean, we talked about it on the post-post game show, right? Like Colorado School of Mines is the team that he was getting ready for. He just went out there and beat the Vegas Raiders. This is his first real NFL action in a real game. And he went out there and was like, I'm not going to do too much. I'm just going to take what the coaches want me to take. I, I feel good about that. And I feel good about that with where this Bears team is heading health-wise. Talked about Roshan Johnson with the game we saw from Deontay Foreman last week, J-Mac. I got to ask you this. Uh, we got a running back uh, controversy heading our way, my guy, because, uh, listen, there is a, there's a lot of good guys that are in that backfield and a lot of guys that have shown you production. But as you've talked about, Deontay Foreman is just a running back back here. He's yeah. not a guy that's going to be a four-phase guy, and that seems to be what the Bears have looked to more times than not. It's a good problem to have. When you got that many backs or a position group that's productive and that has a lot of talent, it's a good problem for the coach to have. And, you know, Deontay Foreman is going to be in the lineup. He's earned it with the way he's played the last two weeks. Now the question is, you know, who's going to who's going to be inactive? Because Darrington Evans has done some good things. Roshan comes back. I'm a, You know, Travis Homer plays all special teams. Roshan Johnson can play special teams. So, you know, I'm not sure if Darrington Evans becomes inactive. You insert Roshan in there just because Travis Homer can play all special teams and that may limit Roshan's role on special teams due to the fact that he is coming back from, you know, a concussion. Uh, I don't know how they're going to how their formula is going to work. But at the same time, as Bears fans and analysts, we can be comfortable with whoever's back there in the backfield. They're going to be productive because that's how we've been. I think we're fifth in the league in rushing. You know, I think we're averaging 141 yards uh, a game. And that's great because. If there's something that you want to build upon offensively, right, it's the run game. And we and we did that last week, right? We talk about Tyson Bajan not throwing the ball downfield. Well, he didn't have to because the run game was so effective. But also, when we look at the passes that he had, a lot of those came off of play action, right? A yeah. lot of those came off run action because we were so solid in the run game. So if you have a solid running game, which you're going to need again this week to help nullify a pass rush, then that can set up things in a passing game for Tyson. And like we said, him, us trying to generate explosive plays, 
Well, those explosive passes and those explosive plays will come off of solid running game. So I'm excited to see how it's developed. I think it's going to be even better this week. Uh, you know, he's he's such a cool, calm, and collected guy. A comp, he has a quiet confidence about him. But when he speaks, he's always giving praise to his teammates. He's always giving praise to his receivers. It's not about him. And that's what you want in a leader, a quarterback, right? It's not about me. It's about we. And that's the type of guy he is. So I'm excited to see, you know, how much better he is this week with another week of complete preparation where he doesn't get like limited amount of reps. He's getting all the reps in practice. Yeah. He knows he's the guy this week. And I want to see how they're going to open up this game plan even more, you know, to really accentuate his skill set. All right, let's keep this thing moving right along, right? Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button if you're over on the YouTube side. Subscribe to the page. Y'all already know what they're doing. You can call into the show. Chop it up with us as well. 312-332-3776. Here's the one thing that I do want to ask you because uh, if, we, if we're having a conversation offensively, what the Bears are going to be able to go out there and do versus struggling defense, right? We also have to have the conversation about what can the Bears defense do that has moved in the right direction over the last three weeks? That to me, I, I, I don't know if the offense is struggling out there, but like they're confusing. There's moments where it's like, that's exactly what I want to see from the Chargers. And then there's other moments where I'm like, y'all don't, y'all forgot Austin Eckler existed on this team, huh? Like we just not using him at all anymore. He's, he's out of there, huh? What do the Bears have to do defensively to go out there and dominate? Uh, uh, this Chargers team because I and I use the word dominate because the way these linebackers have been flying around has been a dominating performance. Yeah, I mean the Chargers offense is like us, right? It's up, down, up, down, up, yeah. down. One game plan's great, the next week is bad. Like that's <laughs> they're they're a mirror image of our offense. To be quite Brandon honest, Staley's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but defensively, you know, it's it's been a steady climb the last few weeks. We've gotten better. Um, you know, guys have been flying around making plays and. And I want to highlight a couple guys, and I know we talk about Jalen Johnson. He got the two takeaways last week. That's yeah. great. I was really flying around that I was really encouraged to see who really made a lot of plays uh, this past Sunday was Jaquan Brisker, man. Ja Jaquan Brisker was flying around. Maybe he had and, 10 tackles on the day. Man, he, he, was, he was an enforcer, right? And that's what you want from your safety, right? He's a guy that can play in the box, but not just play in the box, right? He's a sure tackler, right? And that's what we've seen. Uh, this year, he's been making tackles, making sure tackles. And yeah, he'll miss a few, but at the same time, you know, he's he's there. He's, he's made more tackles than he's missed. And, uh, you know, last week we saw a guy who shot away from tackles and cornerback Marcus Peters, like, he was getting out the way. But but I love the fact that we see a defense. <laughs> I love the fact that we see a defense that's playing. It's called business decisions, J-Mac. Business yeah, decisions. Business decision. That's what you call it. Um, but it's good to see a defense, right, that's playing with confidence, right, that's playing with intensity. Right. That's uh, that's going out there making plays. And that's what the principle of the defense is supposed to be. And we didn't see that the first few weeks. But now we're starting to see that, you know, guys are starting to understand their role in the scheme more. The communication is better on the back end. Uh, the one thing we still need to see is what more sacks. You know, we, we haven't seen enough sacks. We got 10 total. So we need we need to get better in that aspect. I would love to see them, you know, uh, get Justin Herbert on the ground, you know, make sure we're hitting them, make sure he's uncomfortable in that pocket. Because, you know, the Chargers, they're going to sling that ball. They're going to they throw that ball. Oh, yeah. Herbert's going to have 30-plus pass attempts, I mean, easily. They're going to throw that ball. So we got to get pressure on him. And, you know, their receiving core is going to be a challenge. I mean, Keenan Allen is a, is a dog. Uh, Gerald Everett's really good at tight end. I mean, they got some guys that can make plays in the passing game, and we're going to have to try to make Herbert uncomfortable in the pocket uh, by getting some pressure. You know, and our secondary is going to have to come to play like they did last week. 
thought you mentioned a really interesting name, and we talked with Courtney Cronin about him uh, yesterday as well. Jalen Johnson. What we've seen from Jalen yeah. Johnson, uh, I mean, since he's been back. Of course, we knew the PBU numbers were going to be there, uh, but the elite QBR against him, I believe he has a QBR of 22. Uh, 22 when quarterbacks throw his way. He's not allowing anything to get through. And we finally see the takeaways. Me and you talked preseason about kind of, okay, listen, I, I like Jalen Johnson. I think he's a really good DB, but what do you pay? You pay those takeaway numbers. Now, the takeaway numbers need to continue. Let's not have two picks, and we're talking about two picks by the end of the year. But with the takeaway numbers added to that, do you feel a lot better about having Jalen Johnson be a long-term part of this team and getting a contract done with him? Or are you still on the trade him while the value is high? Yeah, I think, you know, it's I think there's still obviously more evaluations to be done. Uh, I think he's a really good corner, and I'm not going to – you know, obviously you get paid for takeaways, right? But at the same time, when you have a corner, right, he may not be getting the takeaways or the amount of takeaways that some of these other elite corners in this league is getting. Uh, but the fact is he's a guy you can trust. He's a guy that can do a lot of different things, right? He can play in coverage. He can play man. A lot of times last week we saw him lined up or follow Devontae, uh, Devontae Adams in coverage. So that's when you have that type of versatility or that type of corner where you can go out there and trust him to make sure, you know, he, he does his job each and every week. It gives you comfortability, and I'll pay for comfortability because especially when you have two young corners in this defense like Tyree Stevens, Terrell Smith, you're going to go through a lot of growing pain. So I think he's a guy that these young guys, they gravitate to and they can learn the game from him. So, you know, one thing you're paying for a guy that can go out there and play at an elite level, but at the same time you're also paying for a guy who can accelerate the development of the two young corners that you have in his room. Yeah, it, it's to me looking at how – He's affecting even the game, seeing him on the sidelines. Like being at the game, you you do get to see a lot more, right? You see him on the sidelines constantly talking to Tyreek Stevenson, yeah. constantly oh, trying, right. okay, this is what you need. Like Tyreek Stevenson goes down, and it's kind of funny, right, because he ends up getting a big P.I. right after that. I don't know if that was P.I., but, I mean, everything's P.I. in today's uh, NFL. But T, uh, Tyreek ends up getting a P.I., and you see him over there, listen, got to get your head around. This is, yeah, I mean, you can see what he's telling them. And then yeah. you see him get the P.I., you know, two plays later. But trying to coach these young guys up and build up this young DB room, I think that's the reason why. And I see a couple of guys over on the Twitch side, right? Like, they, they, they're not fans of, of what Eddie Jackson brings as far as tackling and different things like that. But the leadership that those pieces bring, you have to look at last season where you had Roquan Smith here and you trade him away and how it gutted your defense. That defense, not to say it was elite, but it was starting to move a little bit forward and it seemed like you literally gutted the defense to try and jumpstart this rebuild, right? I don't know if you can take that chance and do that this season by moving on from these pieces, but that brings the tough question. Where are you bringing Jalen Johnson in financially, right? We looked it up over on the post-post game show if you're paying Jalen Johnson, you know, 16 to 18 million, you're putting him up at Xavion Howard territory. Is he a Xavion Howard level DB? Are you allowing him to then, you know, push the market forward? That's that's the biggest question with Jalen Johnson that you have to have right now. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it, the league's all about dollars and cents, right? Oh, if yeah. the dollars make sense, they're going to pay you. If it don't, they ain't going to pay you. I mean, that's the NFL in a nutshell. I mean, you know, that, that's the NFL. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I look at what he brings, right, value in terms of his, his, how he plays on the field. I'm talking about production, not in terms of takeaway, but in terms of what he does for this defense, right? And I think he's another guy. He's a culture builder, right? I think he's a guy that you got to have in your locker room because 
he's an enforcer and he's one of the guys when he speaks, people listen. Yeah. And I think that's something that's been missing in this locker room for a long time because there's been so much turnover. There's been so much change in the roster. Yeah. I played on this team in which, you know, we had continuity. We had a lot of the same guys in that locker room and we had those leaders that were constants in that locker room. So if things weren't going well, right? We held ourselves to a standard that the coaches could never hold ourselves to. And that's the type of play or that's the type of leadership you need from your team if you want to be an elite team, right? The standard has to be held at a higher level than any of the coaches can hold you to. And that's how you become great. That's how you become a playoff team. That's how you go on a Super Bowl run. But if you don't have that type of leadership, if you don't have those type of alphas, if you don't have those types of dogs in the locker room, but well, guess yeah. what? You're going to get your ASS whooped each and every week because you don't have that guy yeah. that's going to say, look here, this crap isn't going right. Let's get this ish together. You don't have those guys, right? You have guys that don't know where to turn to, right? They're like they're like lame dogs walking around looking for food, like looking for answers. Like they don't have that. But when you have that guy that you can look up to, right, somebody that's doing things the right way, right, they're, they're the first person in the building, the last one out, right, they're doing extra things, doing extra live, getting extra film study, or they're encouraging guys, hey, let's come come back. We're not leaving yet. We need more film to watch. Hey, where are you going? You got to put in some extra reps. If you don't have that type of leadership within your locker room amongst the players, well, guess what? You'll never be an elite team, yeah. ever. And that's the NFL, period. You look at yeah, all the elite teams in this league, we can go down the roster, Pat. You can look at all the elite teams in this league. You go down the roster. They have those guys. They have those Yeah. Coaches. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, like, I'm I, mean, I, don't know, right. I don't know if the Bills are elite, but I throw them in there, right? The Chiefs, uh, the Cowboys feel like elite. they don't. <laughs> it doesn't have to be elite. It's, I'm talking about good playoff caliber teams. Yeah. Right? I mean, no, yeah, I, I I agree with you. That that is, it, you said that a couple of times, but it is one of those things where you see it really show as the season plays out and the standings play out right. Because one, these guys have been there before; they understand, you know. Okay, this is what we need to do to get to this level, right? When you look at Philly, Philly's a group of tested veterans, and now you add Jalen Hurts into that. As far as yes, he was a veteran, but now he's a veteran that has led a team to a Super Bowl. Could not get the dub in that Super Bowl, but played a heck of a game in that Super Bowl and just yeah. lost to the better team, right? So as you as you start to break it down, as you start to look at those teams who are at the top, yeah, I get you on that. You know what I mean? Like that that is being player led makes a big difference. Uh, let's close it out with this though, J-Mac, because fast approaching trade deadline here. And there's a lot of names that have been thrown around as far as pieces going to different teams. You know, commanders are are supposed to be sellers. Denver's supposed to be sellers. If you're the Chicago Bears right now, where are you at? Are you standing pat? Are you a buyer? Because, I and I know a lot of people are looking at it like, how can you buy with this team? Yeah, you still need to add pieces to this team, and there are pieces that could be game-changing pieces out there that are available. Chase Young being one of them, right? Or are you selling uh, uh, on the flip side of this because you know what? We need to still make sure that we maintain a top five draft pick with our pick as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is a tough question for me because I'm a coach. So I look at who's in the building now. You know, I look at the task at hand. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if I put on my GM hat, you're always going to look for ways to improve your team, no matter what, no matter when it is, whenever you have an opportunity, if you can bring a guy in, right, that can improve your team, right, not just on the football field, but like I said, improve the culture, improve the standard, 
yeah. improve your overall excellence in the building, you're going to do your due diligence to, to, you know, do background check on that guy. And if you have an opportunity to bring him in, we haven't, like we've seen with polls, he'll pull the trigger and bring him in. So I wouldn't, I'm not going to be surprised if they do make moves, uh, you know, with the trade deadline coming up, yeah. but I know it's going to be moves in which he thinks to make our team better. Now we say, Hey, do we do this with the current situation of the team two and five? Do we have a chance to really make the playoffs? End of the day, you're trying to make your team better, regardless of the situation. And if they can pull the trigger now, I see them, you know, if there's somebody out there that they're enamored with and they have an opportunity to get. And, you know, like we talked about Jalen Johnson, if they want to unload him because they don't feel like he's worth the money and they feel like they can get a lot back for him and a guy that can help this team in the future and maybe even some draft capital, I wouldn't be surprised if they did pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, you still you still have to be conscious of the repercussions of trading away a big piece like that, but the gain is the gain worth it because you're going to go out there. One, you get Tyree Stevenson with number one reps again, right? He's he's not getting those with Jalen Johnson out there right now. Uh, and and two, you get, uh, you know, you, you're able to get that draft capital back possibly for this year, maybe even going into next season. Yeah. It, 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 there's a lot to weigh out there. It's not a simple, I can cut bait with him because he's not worth the money. I can't cut bait with him uh, because I don't have a lot of... That's the other thing, too. There's not a lot of options. Terrell Smith is not coming back for a while. So yeah. your DB room, if you trade away Jalen Johnson or Eddie Jackson, Super even though Eddie hasn't been out there, is very thin. Very thin. Um, but yeah, man, appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. I think uh, we're going to call that one pod right there, my guy. One pod. Appreciate uh, J-Mac, as always, for tuning in. And we got an interesting game to continue breaking down. Me and Courtney Cronin on tomorrow, breaking down more from the Chicago Bears versus Chargers matchup. Make sure to tune in with us on that. And listen, if you couldn't catch the entire thing over on Apple Podcasts, as well as always, it's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. One love. Peace. Bear down. <laughs>